Episode 16 of This Is Us 2 is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. Minute With Mary is a great place to kind of have fun with new makeup and gain some confidence with your creativity. Go to MinuteWithMary.com or search the hashtag MinuteWithMary on Facebook to find out more. I do know what I used to do when I was nervous about a big work presentation or about anything. I talked to your dad. He was... He was my person. He was the one that could steady you when the world felt like it was spinning. Yeah, it was my dad. It's very true. Yeah, you remind me of him, you know that? The way that you move your hands when you talk. The way you walk across a room. Sometimes you remind me of him so much that the hair on my arms stands up. That's why it breaks my heart that you don't like me, Kevin. Because when I'm around you, I feel like I get a little piece of my best friend back. Miguel, uh... Now you are Jack Pearson's son. You have him inside of you. And when you're nervous or you're at your most nerve-wracking moment, the curtain's about to go up, all you have to do is remind yourself of that. Think about what he'd do, and you'll be fine. From Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to This Is Us 2. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC. So sit back, relax, and let's all have a good cry. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. I'm Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I cannot believe that Miguel has had the the unbelievable honor of having two openings in a row on this show. I know. I hate it. Our boy, Miggy. Our boy. No, no, he's your boy. Oh my goodness gracious. He's he's beginning, he's beginning to become my boy. I'll I'll say that. I, I, I hate that I start, I'm starting to like him. (laughs) Like what the hell, man? You can't set me up fair. You're all, all all season. Then be like, Sorry, you're gonna have to like this. This is guy the now. show. This is what this show oh, does. My you know, goodness. it's it's really. Gosh, I mean, all I feel like all of our our listeners and all of our friends who watch this show, they say the same thing. You pull different things out of each episode. Each each episode has something that speaks to you, and um, this episode really, really um, struck me in two different ways because we've been starting to see Randall lose it. He's got the shakes. He's right. got the hippie hippie shakes, but not really the hippie shakes. Just the like I'm really upset shakes and um what a lot of people don't know about blake is that blake used to have the shakes i did the handshakes it was not 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 a fun thing no and while i've seen this in randall it reminded me that you had the shakes i mean we don't even bring it up that frequently because it's now not a part of your life as much and we still don't necessarily know what it was, but it was definitely emotional mm-hmm. and stress. Um, there were situations in different times in our time together when things were stressful just going on in your life outside of us, and you would you would have your hands be shaking. And so I, when I saw these all happening to Randall, it reminded me um, of your shakes. And then also uh, how Kate isn't necessarily ready to talk about how her dad died. Mm. And um, I really... It, 
it would be hard not to compare uh, how it is for me being your spouse, your partner, having you try to talk about your mom. And granted, you weren't there when your mom died, but you were still a teenager. And it still is something that doesn't get talked about a lot and obviously, mm. you know, affects you. And so just there's these little bits from these episodes. There wasn't anything giant that I was like, yes, this is it. But just the fact that how difficult it must be for someone who is a partner to be with someone who had such a tremendous loss of a loving parent in their formative teenage years. I could see how it's hard for Toby and I could see how it's hard for Kate. And it just makes me ache for you and for anyone else who's had that kind of a loss. Blake, so let's change this tune around. (laughs) Give me some of the details about this episode. Well, I appreciate the words that you did say, so thank you very much. It it is it is difficult. I'm not going to lie. Anybody you know that has lost a parent, especially in their younger formative years, you guys, you all know. I mean, anybody who's lost a parent, you all know it. It's not it's not easy, Um, but especially when you're a teenager, it's it's. It's that much harder. Anyway, uh, the title was Jack Pearson's Son. Again, these titles are getting pretty, uh, pretty <laughs> by the book now. I mean, they, they, they boom, they, they, you know exactly where it's coming from. They're talking about exactly what we played at the beginning of this episode, which is the conversation between your boy Miguel and Kevin. You know, I actually like the very simple nature of these episode titles because I feel like people listening to this podcast who watched the show when it was in real time, just hearing Jack Pearson's son, they're like, oh yeah, yep, I know that one. I know this episode. Yep, sure. I know which one. But there's also something to be said about like the leftovers and, you know, the international assassin and the whole thing and I don't need that right now. I'm I'm all about that. Life. I don't need I'm, I don't need any I'm, mysterious things to be figured out. I am all about the vague titles. I know you are. I'm oh, right. or so like the direct- minute ones. The, the Americans is famous for who that. Who directed too. this episode? Ken Olin, who also directed The Big 3 and The Big Day. Uh The Big Day being one of our favorite I think our most favorite episode mm-hmm. of This Is Us yet. And the writers were Isaac Aptaker and Elizabeth Berger, who were also the writers for Pilgrim Rick and are now also currently in real time the the, uh, the this is us in season 2 are the actual showrunners of this is us mm-hmm. and you can kind of see why because they've written uh one episode here so far in season 1 and now this one and I'm pretty confident in 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 saying that they kind of get it I think they get it they understand how to write for this is us I think they understand the characters yes and I think they're not too cheesy. Um, so I, I just the I'm, right I'm, amount of cheese. Just the right it's amount of like swimming schmaltz. in cheese. Yeah, it's yeah. not swimming, and it. it's not like oh, like when you try to have a, a little chip, a little scoopy chip, and then it gets stuck and it gets lost in the cheese. Yeah, and then you try to scoop it out with another chip, it's and like, it just it just sucks. It's just part of the queso by that point. <laughs> just part of the queso. Then it gets all soggy and yeah, gross. You just have to give up on that. Chip. You don't want any soggy. You don't want any soggy episodes. No soggy cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your lemonade rating on a scale of one to five? Oh, I'm going first. Yep. Oh, wow. Usually you go first. Uh, I'm giving this one a 4.9. I really enjoyed this episode. Me it, too. There was one aspect that I did not like. And again, I think we're going to agree upon what we did not like. But um, this episode, I think, had all of the facets that you need in This Is Us. And also... I think it had um, a good plot line and a good through, like a, a good arc 
for each of the characters. Yes. Something big happened to each of them. There was a story for each of them. It went, we're, we're, we're cooking with gas. We are, we are. We're cooking with gas. Because of that, I'm giving this episode a big old five. Big old five. Yes, that little blip, Duke, that little blip (laughs) was there. Like, but you know what it was? It was like a fly on my car as I'm driving down the highway. I don't even care. I just heard a little. Yeah. On my windshield. And that's why I'm, I'm in the 4.9 range. I like it. All right. So it's time for the GBGs, the good, the bad, and the great. Okay. What do you got? Of this episode. So my good was Miggy's chat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good old Miguel. Who knew? Granted, we love his Christmas flair. Freaking Miguel. And his desire to wear the pilgrim hat. But Miguel's chat, Miguel's chat with Kevin. I am liking older Miguel so much better than younger Miguel because yeah. younger Miguel's kind of a sh- schmuck, you know. He's he's not a schmuck. He's kind of a schmuck, <laughs> you know. Like Rebecca was probably like, "Who are you hanging out with tonight, Jack?" And Jack's like, "Miguel." And she's like, "Okay." Oh, that All schmuck. Right, that schmuck. No, let's be real because Rebecca ends up marrying him. I don't think I don't think I've ever heard you say that word schmuck, schmuck before. You like it? You like That's it? Freaking awesome! <laughs> so, but Miguel's chat with Kevin, schmuck, like calling him out. I just snorted <laughs> on a live podcast. <laughs> sorry, sorry, everybody. Oh man! So as much as I hate that you say Miguel's my boy, yeah. What Miguel did with Kevin, mm-hmm. that conversation. That's yes. a Mary Larson kind of conversation. Oh yeah. That's a I love you. What's going on? Why do you hate me? Why do you hate me? I think oh. I've had that conversation with a few people in my life. Oh my god! Hi, I like you a lot. You what? had that conversation with me this morning. I did, <laughs> and then you just told me to go eat because I was crabby, and I was like, "Oh yes." Why are you talking to me? Why aren't you talking to me, Mary? Have you eaten yet? No. Okay, let's go get some brunch. <laughs> but but just his his honest chat about how, you know, Jack was the person that he went to and he was worried and how there's so many things about Kevin that remind him about Jack mm. and how just remind yourself that you're Jack Pearson's son. Mm-hmm. Huge. Way to go, Miguel. Oh, that was great. And to like just lay it out on the table. Why why do you hate me? <laughs> you know, like know. let's just let's just put the cards out, you know, and I liked that he did that. Right. My bad I was going to put Duke, but I have to put this in because this is my this is my truth. This okay. is my bad. Jack going to Valentine's dinner alone, eating those onion rings by himself, but getting the maker's mark. Oh, yeah. Having that drink and loving on that drink. When he first got it, I thought, oh, okay, let's see what his reaction's going to be like. Is it going to be like he's going to let it sit there and then he's going to actually push it away? Is he going to just smell it? Yeah. Like, nope. I thought that's what was going to happen. Nope, he drank it and he enjoyed it. And he kept it. And and Milo did a great job act, acting that out. It was just it wasn't an over like an overacting like oh my god it's the best thing ever nectar it, from the gods. It, but it was just like, mm, like oh yeah that's what I remember. Like yep, yep. yep. okay that's good. So that's my bad because that's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my great for this episode was that shot of Kevin holding his crying brother. Yeah. I'm just I'm just going to mic drop it at that. So how about you? What was your GBG? You're going to be much more eloquent than I. So no, no, I wouldn't, I'll stop I wouldn't say eloquent. Up the oxygen. I would say the good for me, listen, uh they they have painted Jack as this saintly figure. Mm-hmm. He's he's almost mythologized within the the uh, construct of okay. this stro- this show, which I think is great. I think it's really cool, especially for the younger Pearsons as they get older. It's it's it reminds me of Star Trek. I'm um, Star Trek, Star Wars, uh, uh, The Force Awakens, when Ray's like Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I thought I thought he was a myth. 
Like that whole thing, like Jack Pearson, I thought he was a myth. Uh, that's how mm-hmm. I, and this is both good and bad. And I think it's bad for Kate uh, because she remembers Jack's uh, funeral. And I think that's very hard for her. You've already you've already mentioned it at the beginning of this episode. She can't even talk about it yet. She can't even talk about how he died. Right. Um, and not only that, but that also breaks down what happens with Toby here. He is uh, an indirect uh, casualty of this. Because he seems like this perfectly um, happy guy, and, and and for the most part, I think he is. But this their their deep dive, this conversation between the two of them, is what gets them to say maybe we probably shouldn't get married here. And I love when he's when Toby's like, oh, "Why are you so jealous, Toby? You're usually so confident and carefree and and well hung." <laughs> I just like that Jack's death is adding finally some um, some texture to their relationship other than Kate being, I'm fat, and Toby you know, being the funny guy. I'm starting to get nervous that like Kate saw him die. Because the other two aren't as messed up. But Kate like can't even say what happened. Right. So I'm nervous that like something happened and like Kate was there. Yeah. Or maybe she's the reason. Like somehow, some way she's the reason that he died. Because there's something, and there's that's something why she, she has the ashes. Shake. Yeah, there's something she cannot shake. Right, it's starting to get me a, a little nervous. To totally even, agree. Or yeah. maybe she has. Maybe she's the reason why he died, but only she knows he. He. She's the reason why he died. Maybe, Whatever, he, no matter what, she has some weird issue with so, his something death. going on there. Yeah. Okay. The bad was okay. Let's just you know let's just make it a perfect trilogy. There you go. Okay. Let's make it the triple perfect crown. trilogy. Triple the triple crown. crown the triple to... crown threat goes to Duke. Listen, I am so happy that the Duke storyline is now over. I hope I'm, it's over for good. I hope he was a blip. He's gone. He's gone. He's he's a nothing. My he's, mom and dad own the camp. He was there only to provide an avenue for. Uh, Toby and Kate to be separated and eventually have this conversation. Th- that's what he was there for. Okay. Okay. And but the whole thing of like, I my mom and dad own this camp and I you're gonna be gone because you talk so bad to me. Like, get yeah, and they would really kick her out of the camp because she spoke to Duke. Yep. Like, come on. If if that ever happened to me, I'm in a business with my dad. And if that ever happened to me, my dad would be like you are a dumbass. What are you doing? Watch your, f- watch your mouth. But like, what are you doing talking to somebody like that, number one? And this is a customer. Are you out of your mind? Go like, back to scooping up poop. Yeah, seriously. Scoop some more poop, dude. Oh my God. The guy's an adult and like he's, oh no. Mm-mm. An adult who lives at a camp who scoops poop. It's, and that's why I'm giving this one a 4-9. Because while Duke sucks, I'm glad that it's over and all the rest of the episode was was nearly perfect. Yes. How about the, your great? The great. Okay. Now, this kind of goes back to what I was saying about Jack. Jack, again, has been sanctified or almost mythologized, like I said, within this story. Meaning like Miguel saying to Kevin, you are Jack Pearson's son. Yes. Now, again, think of it like Luke Skywalker. You are Luke Skywalker's kid or you are Anakin Skywalker's kid. Think about that. Think about how amazing that is. What would he do? And within our context as a viewer, we're also kind of we're also kind of mythologized with Jack too, because I look at it like I just want to be a dad or a husband like Jack. We talked about it last episode, yep. right? Yeah. Like you set the bar kind of high, 
And what this episode did and why I'm really digging on Isaac Aptaker and Elizabeth Berger is because while they are building this up in this episode and cashing in on all of that cachet, if you will, <laughs> uh, that they have cr- that the the whole writer's staff has created for Jack in This Is Us season one, Aptaker and Berger are deconstruction deconstructing what that legend is mm-hmm. in the same breath as this episode. You know, instead of being the man that we know and how he can be taking the time to figure out the situation with Rebecca and be like, no, okay, you, you dated the guy when he was 19, yada, yada. No, he shows Rebecca that he's he's jealous. And again, he's worried about this random jabroni. And ultimately, he falls back to alcohol. Yep. And that's why I'm saying this episode had a lot to do. So much. And it was great because as they're deconstructing Jack, they're also deconstructing Randall yep. at the same time. So yep. I that's what I loved about this episode. It, it takes that myth and it props it up, but it also shows you it's only a myth. You know, it's it's like, yes, I want to know how Jack died, what happened to Kate with the, all of this. But I and you know what's happening soon. Kevin's mm-hmm. having sex. <laughs> Listen, man. I love how everyone was like, nope, don't know. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm out. Kate's wearing eyeliner. <laughs> the time is a coming. That's a good joke that keeps coming back, by the way. Oh, Kate's eyeliner? Kate's eyeliner phase. Yes. That's a good joke that keeps coming back. I love it. Um <laughs> You know, I'm a little I'm a little nervous because we have. We've been holding him on such a high pedestal. Mm-hmm. And everything's been great in the Christmas lights in the apartment in the last episode. And now he's drinking. Is that why he's gonna die? What did I tell you? I said the last episode. Everything seemed great. Everything yeah. is at its best right before it becomes its worst. And that apartment scene, it feels like a goodbye scene. Ugh. It feels like that's the best we're going to see Jack and I'm so Rebecca. nervous. I'm so nervous about it. But as you said, it's good to see him be real. I think when people are out of your lives, when they're past or mm-hmm. just the relationship's over, it's so easy just to remember those great things. And as kids, since Jack died when they were so young, they didn't necessarily know this side of him. Right. Unless Rebecca told them. And I don't they think don't she would know, especially exactly. Like they don't know all of that aspect of him. So it's very easy to hold him on such a high pedestal. And it's also easy for the old generation to kind of wipe those things away so that those things kind of get lost mm-hmm. in in time. You know, you have Miguel saying to Kevin, You are Jack Pearson's son. You have his blood in you. But you know what that means? You have an alcoholic blood in you too. Crap. And Kevin doesn't, as of right now, from what the show is showing us, he doesn't necessarily know that. Yep. I'm sure he may have a... There are things that have happened in my family that I found out about years later where I was like, oh my God, had I known about that, I probably would have had a different relationship with that person than what I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I think everybody, every family has that. Yeah, I found stuff about out about my grandmother, like how she treated my mother. And once I once I heard that, I was like, you know, I'm done, I'm done. I, I'm not, I'm not. And then <laughs> she and then she died. Meme died, and I I didn't even go. I went, we went to the funeral. We did. We did. We did. But I I hadn't talked to her in years, and it's probably not a good thing. But that happened. 
So things get wiped away, and you can see how that's happening a little bit with Jack, which is great. I I think that's great fodder a for a show. Yes, yes, yes. And as a realistic character, that right. there are goods and bads, and that, you know, here's Miguel saying, gosh, I wish I had your relationship. And he doesn't know what's really all going on. Right. And this is it. Everyone, from what they see of Jack and Rebecca, it's hunky-dory, and they don't see this kitchen fight you know mm-hmm. they don't see Jack having Valentine's Day dinner alone and it's just a, a really good reminder for everybody who feels like oh my relationship's tough everyone's relationship's well, tough do you think that Kevin and Miguel are gonna have a better relationship going forward do you see Kevin like reaching out to Miguel to be like I want to learn more about my dad oh heck yeah like I think that is some good territory and again another thing that happens to these characters that help yes. change the vibe of the show once you have drama in that change you know things are happening well and let's be real kevin needs a buddy okay kevin wants someone to just go to target with him in the middle of the day and everybody <laughs> else has real jobs and miguel seems to be retired yep. so i think kevin's gonna be new besties with miggy and they're gonna go to target and just explore <laughs> the dollar bins together go get little frappuccinos in the in-store starbucks and have a blast get some uh Graphic t-shirts. <laughs> See, <laughs> they could be walking around with both like tied t-shirts. Yes, love it. So, Miguel, uh, he's he's on the up and up. Um, Kate, Kate and Toby. I loved their just rapid fire question time, right, right. which I feel like you know so many relationships have. You kind of get to that point where you're like, tell me this, tell me this. I still do that with you at generally like what eleven thirty at night. <laughs> Much to my dismay. <laughs> Yes, that just, and you talk about the same question for the past three nights. I've asked a question and fallen asleep mid-listening. The, the question was, do you think dragons existed? And why do all these different cultures who never met each other talk about dragons? Could, and could and she, didn't even, she didn't even realize she was asking me. She did it three nights in a row. I fell asleep during each one of his responses. And last night while I was asking, and I was saying, do you think dragons really existed? Or did they just find dinosaur bones and they thought it was dragons? Because all these different countries had dragon references and they didn't really communicate. And Blake goes, are you joking? You've never answered the same exact question for the past three nights. And you've fallen asleep every time when I'm <laughs> and he's like and secondly why are you asking this question at 11 30 at night why is this what you want to talk about <laughs> and then after that he says i'm the weirdest person he's ever met and now i might believe you because i've asked you the same dragon question three times in a row oh, anyway okay. all right guys Woo. all right let's wipe our tears <laughs> Let's get back to Kate and Toby. <laughs> Kate and Toby. Just, I just loved it. And I'm proud of Toby for saying we need to pump the brakes. Yes. Um, not just because he needs to know these answers, but I think there's a big part of Toby that says, girlfriend's got some baggage, okay? Yeah. She just she just got kicked out of camp. Yeah. Right? She, one month ago, wanted to have gastric bypass surgery. I think we just need a simmer. Well, he was right. Like, simmer. they broke up. They had surgery. She wanted to get surgery. She goes to fat camp. Like th- this relationship has not been built on the on the strongest of foundations on the planet. And neither of them are working. How are you going to pay for a wedding? Where are your jobs? <laughs> so I, I I I get and I appreciate where Toby is coming from when it when it relates to when it relates to their um to to, to their relationship because it's a disaster. 
<sighs> Let's dive in. Let's do it. What do you got? Kevin and Randall. Oh, freaking awesome. The flashback oh. of Kevin walking by Randall's room as he's oh. having this complete meltdown over his paper and seeing how, you know, the two parents were able to kind of divvy them up mm-hmm. that that Jack went and took care of Randall and, mm-hmm. and um, Rebecca took care of Kevin and Kate and everything. And um, I got nervous when Beth said she had to go for her mom. I thought, oh, God. This isn't going to be good. Right. And of course, William's in such poor health. He, he took a turn for the worse. Right. And the way that they're showing how, how Randall is unable to read the screens and it's going in and out of focus and everything. Slippery Slytherin Sanjay had to read it for him. You're a wizard, Harry. And you know, I'm going to say this. When Sanjay took his iPad. Right. I don't think it was. I thought it was uh, friendship. I thought yeah. it was, oh my God. Something's wrong. Something's wrong and I'm going to help out. It right. wasn't like a smirk. Yeah. And to see a tear come down Randall's oh cheek my God. in that meeting. <sighs> in that meeting. Sterling K. Brown is such my binky in this show. It hurts. <sighs> like when that tear came, like I started to to like oh, yes. get upset. Like oh. I was like, oh my God, dude. Oh, like, yes. I, I cannot believe that just that just happened. And as much as I loved that portion of the episode, the flashback when Kevin was walking past Randall's room and um, and knowing what had happened when Kevin was talking about having sex with his parents and Jack starts to have a conversation with him. He's like, all right, uh, condoms, you know, yada, yada. And, but all of a sudden, Randall just comes waltzing down and takes over the whole thing and it leaves Kevin alone mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, they got to take care of Randall who's freaking out. Knowing that and knowing that Kevin and Randall didn't have the best relationship on the, on the whole, in the whole planet and Kevin walks by Randall's room as he's sitting in front of a computer and Randall's just sobbing and he just walks by and then editing that with Kevin understanding i'm thinking about what my dad would do after sloan asks him what do you like can you believe this or what are you thinking and he's running out and everything i think that was my first pants off moment for for this for is us or for Ke- oh for this is us as a show yeah for this is wow. us as a show that might be my first pants off moment that was incredible it was it was really good it and blew your mind it blew my mind and i, I can't say it blew my mind but it just seeing Kevin who's gone from that that flashback to leaving the most important thing he's worried this entire episode about what people are going to say about him mm-hmm. he's going to fail the New York Times is there you have Sloan helping him out everyone is wanting to go to this thing it's a big premiere and he just says screw it yeah. I'm going to do what my dad would do and I'm going to I'm going to go take care of Randall and it, I, I, when he is holding Randall and and there and he's sitting in a corner, oh. crying and like, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like you know you know those videos of like reporters who have like a stroke on camera. Yes, and they're like blah, 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 and they just they can't speak. Yes, that's what it reminded me of. Where Randall just he was saying words. But he was his brain his brain was on autopilot. Yeah, he was checked out. Hey, well. I, I, 
I, you can't, there's like not even words. I mean, hopefully those of you listening haven't had uh, moments of, of that much stress and worry and concern and sadness and disappointment. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes this universe is cruel mm-hmm. and you just don't get a break. Right. You don't get a break so much that you can't sleep, you can't eat, and your brain is a very fickle thing. And it gave up and it gave up on Randall. Right. And to see Kevin, as you said, give up. He produced the show. He had all these people there that he was worried about. And he just left. Poor Sloan. Sloan, oh, <laughs> Poor, Sloan. Sloan is not going to be happy. Sloan is going to go get a voodoo doll <laughs> with Kevin's face on it after Because it's this. her play that she wrote. It's her play. Not, not only is she did she write it, she's acting in it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> as the goodness. lead. It's crazy. <clears throat> but it just goes to show you that each character in this episode had not completed but had a an actual arc that they that they began in one place and by the end of the episode they were in a completely different place how, and that is good writing and how amazing that you think about you we got to see where Randall and Kevin were when their father died right I mean Kevin's looking at his brother crying feels a little bad about it but still just goes days takes a shower doesn't say hi or anything to him and now here Randall's birth father is about to die right and they're in a completely different place Kevin actually lives with him right okay not close with their mom mama just lied Mm -hmm. but Randall's going to have Kevin there right and I'm really really thankful for that and what a turn at 36 years old to have this turn in your relationship where once again, because of Jack Pearson, family is everything. Right. And I love the ending, not because it's sad, not because, it, I mean, it is sad what happens to Randall and it is sad that he's breaking down and the episode did a fantastic job of showing him break down with each and every moment that he's on screen. It builds and builds. It starts with the running and and, and Kevin catching up to him and all, and all that other stuff. But it's actually kind of hopeful mm-hmm. because Kevin is there. Correct. Kevin is there to take care of him. And it shows that their family, they've moved on, they've grown. And that is when you know you have good writing because sad is sad. It's easy to write sad. Anybody can say this person dies or this person gets sick or whatever. But when you have a relationship and you've created feelings, not only between characters in a show, but for viewers that are laid on those characters and you can take a sad moment and translate that into a hopeful moment, you've done your job. And this episode has done that in spades. All the claps. I, I, I truly enjoyed this episode except for Duke the dink. There you go. What a freaking dink that kid is. All right, you ready to close out this show, my darling? I am. All right, let's do it. So here we are. We're cruising along through the summer, gearing up because, of course, season three is going to be coming up soon. So we're going to keep catching up, guys. These September episodes 25th, are going to be coming fast and furious. Mm-hmm. And what you can do to help get the word out about This Is Us Too is to screenshot when you're listening to this podcast and just share in an Instagram story or Facebook story. You don't need to put it on your wall if you want to. That would be amazing. But just share in this story. We want to give a huge thanks to Les Blast, who on iTunes said, I love Mary and Blake's Outlander cast. And I was thrilled when they started a podcast about my 
second favorite show, This Is Us. I'm rewatching the series with each episode of the podcast, and it's so much fun. They're great about pointing out themes and points of the TV craft I didn't even notice with the first watch. I'm rediscovering and falling in love with the show all over again. Yes. Thank you, Les Blast. Guys, take a moment to leave us a written review on iTunes. It means the world to us. I'm Mary. My name is Blake. And this is Us Too. <laughs>